What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host Ken Milam and John Swan as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another Hive Jive episode. How are you, Mr. Milam? I'm doing well. And yourself, sir? Are you staying cool? Well, as long as I stay either in the truck or in the house, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Anywhere no. in between those two places is no. <laughs> what, what? Just a few days ago, it was fall. It was raining. It was nice, cool. Well, I think they call that said, spring. <laughs> well, I think it's, yeah. Well, fall. I said fall. Yeah, spring. And then all of a sudden, next day, yeah. It's hotter than hell. It's summertime. I walked by my bees there. I was laying on the porch, just flat out. And I'm sitting there. I feel you. I feel you. It's hotter than hell. <laughs> yeah, it's it went from we had a lot of rain and it was all back to back and it rained for later in the season and longer than it should have, which we did desperately need the rain because we were in a drought. Oh, yes. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I was really hoping right. we would have some of that spring weather all the way up in through the first part of July so that our nectar flow Mm-mm. could kind of eke Mm-mm. out through there. And instead it went from like, it stopped raining and the next day it hit hundred degrees. So that sucked. Yep. Um, Pretty and much. then the humidity, you know, when you add the heat index in there, we've already had some days that feel like quote unquote, like 106. And luckily we have not been getting it as bad as some of the Western States where that was real, the, where the heat dome was really just baking them. And like, uh, you know, out there in, what was it? Arizona. Um, Arizona, California, they had some of the deserts out there that actually yep. reached record temperatures and were the hottest places on the earth um, for that those several days. So that sucks. But I did hear a little glimmer of hope that supposedly, and, and this could just be two freaking degrees, so who knows, but supposedly July and August for us in Central Texas is supposed to be cooler than average. And even if that means it's 95 instead of 100, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I agree. I agree. So, Yesterday, um, when I walked out and looked at the truck, actual temperature was 101, but it felt like 122. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, before before we get too far off subject here, we do have a new Patreon member that we want to give a shout out to real quick. So thank you very much to Susan D. We greatly appreciate you joining us there on Patreon and help supporting the show. That is awesome. And welcome to the Patreon family. And for everybody else out there, for all you drones, happy Father's Day. Or technically, by the time you listen to this, happy belated Father's Day. Yeah. Happy. Let's see. Fathers and daddies. This is, if you're a daddy, you know what I mean. <laughs> if you're a father, you know what I mean there, too. So happy Daddy's Day to you dads out there, you daddies. And happy Father's Day to you fathers and daddies. How's that? That works. Now, um, did you my call brain, your dad, daddy, my, my brain, call him father. Okay. Okay. I was going to say it. So, uh, <laughs> my dad, I called my dad pops or pop, um, or so, well, what was the other one? There was something that I would say, Papa Grande. <laughs> I'd call him mm-hmm. Papa Grande when I was being silly. <laughs> and those were all as an adult. That wasn't as a kid. <laughs> it was pop yep. or Papa Grande. So if it was a serious conversation, it was just dad. 
I'd be like, Hey dad, yep. we got to talk. Yep. My dad, or he's gone now. He died in 2003 and he's still daddy. He's always was daddy and he's still daddy. So yeah. Well, thank you for the, thing. I don't know. <laughs> thank you for the clarification. Cause when you first started on the fathers and daddies and you were making uh -huh. a clear distinction there, I was really worried you were going to go off on like a sugar daddy kick. And I was like, oh, that does not no. apply to father's day. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I found out this morning that I'm a daddy. My, my daughter called me and my, uh, and, and she had all the grandkids, uh, our little gr uh, granddaughter, she's daddy, grandpa, are you coming to see us today? No. Are y'all coming to see us instead? No, I think y'all need to come see us Tuesday. It's going to be cooler in the backyard and you can push me on the swing. I says, I'll be happy to see you Tuesday. <laughs> Very cool. Kids and grandkids are wonderful little things yep, when they're not they being are. rotten. <laughs> when they're not uh, being they rotten. <laughs> and you've had both already. I have had, well, I haven't had grandkids, but I've had kids. Yeah. Well, I know. That's what you know what I mean. You're, you're raising kids. Yeah. We, we had the two boys early in the year and we've got a little girl right now. Um, and she is just a, a temporary resident, but, uh, the, it keeps going back and forth. She was only supposed to be here for a month and then she could be here for nine months. And then it was potentially indefinitely. And now she may leave, uh, like next Monday or Tuesday. Like it's, it's all over the place. Um, it's not one of the ones where the, the parental rights had officially been terminated. So it's, it's mm -hmm. very much in flux and, uh, Lots of, lots of drama and, and things involved whenever you're, you're trying to work through some of that. Um, you know, the parents are trying to, hopefully, if they're doing the right thing, they're trying to earn back their rights to, you know, prove that they can do better than they did originally. And yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how that all works out. But at the moment, she is here and uh, she is peacefully taking a nap so that we can record this episode. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, she's, she's usually in great spirits anyway, so she would want to come over here and crawl up on my lap and, and like grab the microphone and touch all the stuff. But well, yeah. otherwise yeah. <laughs> she's fine. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. Yeah. She's at that. I see with my hands age. Mm -hmm. She can't see anything unless she's touching it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now I've got one recipe I'm going to give real quick. And this is somebody that everybody needs to make for breakfast. Take you some good sourdough bread, you know, <laughs> and, and and slice it pretty thick, put it on the skillet, you know, butter it a little bit, put it on the skillet and brown it on both sides. Then take you some, some peanut butter, smear it on there. And my dog's raising hell, but my wife's going out to take care of that. It's better Sm years than mine. Some <laughs> peanut, yeah. Under smear some peanut butter on that while it's still hot. Let it kind of soak into it. Then take a uh, banana slice it, put on there, then take you just a little bit of honey and drizzle all over that. Oh, that's so damn good for breakfast. <laughs> that sounds good. Yes, oh, it, it is does. good. It is. Maybe <laughs> I'll be right back. Sips of coffee. Okay. No, no, I'm still sneezing. Oh, okay. Just a second. I'll be right back. I don't know if that's a... Okay. Okay. I think that okay. last one like pulled a muscle in my back. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know if that's how you spell Gazoon type, but I figure you'd figure out what the hell it was. 
I got the yeah, I, I got the gist of it at least from the from the first part of it. I don't think that's yeah. how you spell it either, but no, uh, I don't think so either. It, but it worked. To, it you worked. Figured it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good. I, I figured out what she's talking about. Yep. So you were telling me that you've had some uh, some B extravaganza stuff going on out there. Well, we can talk about swarms. I got plenty of swarms. This damn. Max told me yesterday. He says, "Dad, I said, yeah. Why don't we take start taking these swarms, feed them up a little bit here, then we'll take them to Mason and set them up and just go over there." I said, "I can go over there once a month and feed them." Yeah, well, I said we'll put the big feeders on them and just. He says, "Yeah, that'll work. Let's just leave them over there. That way, they won't be so damn mean. And if they're too mean, he says, what we'll do is pick out the the nicer colonies." And requin and get those so we can get queens out of them to put in the real mean ones, and keep them feral. I said, "Works for me. Be something to talk about." And I'm sitting there. Well, that's what. Uh, oh, what's the gal? Uh, not Melanie. Melody. That no. That talks with us. Natalie. Hmm? <laughs> Natalie. Oh, I was close. I was close. <laughs> I was, it's M N O. Oh, I was damned close. It was yeah, Natalie. Well, I had it kind of right. It was I said melody, and it's Natalie. So yeah, okay, that's close. Yeah, you, you had some of the phonics in there, right? I guess. Yeah, that's okay. Well, it's so, a good thing uh, but, that Max listens to the show. I'll I'll give mm -hmm. him that because then he can he can learn some of those things. But yes, that is a very valid thing to go through and do is to keep the swarms, take them out there. It's the same concept that we kind of do with the removal hives. We go through and do the removal. We mm -hmm. we. We don't weigh how they react necessarily during the removal itself very much. Um, while we're doing the evaluation, yes, we'll we'll measure how well they act and how they don't. But we also make note while we're doing the removal because, I mean, any colony is going to be pissed off when you're going through and tearing mm -hmm. everything up. But on the same token, though, some of those, you know, they don't hardly have too much of a reaction at all. So that's a good thing to mm -hmm. note. But then when we go and we do... You know, we put them out onto the rehabilitation land and, you know, we're working with them and everything. We go through and evaluate, okay, you were pissed off when we did the removal, but how are you now two weeks later? Are you, do you still have that mm -hmm. level of aggression? You know, and then if they don't, then a lot of times we'll go through and we'll use that genetics and then let them ride out the rest of the year and see how well do they do on raising brood? How well they do, do they do mm -hmm. on drawing out comb, storing honey, all that kind of stuff. But if they're, you know, just yep. mean, 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 well, then we'll go through and we'll re we will requeen it. And mm -hmm. raising queens off of a colony that you already know has a good disposition and already know, you know, has good mite levels, keeps them in check and does mm -hmm. good at storing honey and building comb. Well, then you raise queens off of that colony and requeen your other colonies with it. And eventually you'll you'll have your own line of bees that are, you know, hopefully within the, the parameters that you would like. Max has one colony over there that moved in. I guess they've been there three weeks. They've already got four or five full deep frames drawn out of comb. He yeah. said, that's the prettiest comb you ever seen. He said, I said, well, then I got one over at Bluffton. They've been there a month and a half or better. And I said, if they in an eight frame box and I only had five frames that they could draw out completely. I had starter strips on those. And I says, I need to go open that up. Got to pull it down out of the tree. And then, uh, so yeah, this going to be, a. and they, they are a little testy. Uh, they, uh, 
you drive close to them and slow down, they come check out the truck. <laughs> well, I had a, one of our listeners actually, uh, who long story short, their son had started a B club at their local high mm-hmm. school and, uh, they purchased the school purchased a colony of bees and they were going to be housed there on, uh, mm-hmm. on the school property and then COVID hit. So the bees had to be housed at their house so that somebody could still mm-hmm. kind of keep an eye on them and take care of them. And they had, they ended up with two colonies, um, one that was theirs and one that was the school's and the mm-hmm. school's colony absconded sometime, mm-hmm. sometime over the, the winter season, mm-hmm. um, or early spring, one or the other, they, they were gone, but the other colony lived and the other colony ended up being extremely defensive, uh, borderline antagonistic. And <laughs> it got to where when they would go out and they would try to manage the colonies, it was really bad. And they were stinging neighbors and, you know, people that were walking on the trails and things just all in the neighborhoods. So it was a bad situation. So, you know, I advised them if you've got to go through and you've got to do any work with the colony, do it late in the evening, right before mm-hmm. the sun is setting or as the sun is setting. Yes, there's going to be more bees home and they're going to be more of the defensive bees home because the foragers are always more aggressive. But they're going to have less time to react because the, mm-hmm. the dark, you know, darkness falling is going to force them back into the colony very quickly. So they were going to requeen the colony. We were concerned whether or not the colony would actually accept the queen based on their defensive mm-hmm. behavior. And they couldn't mm-hmm. find the queen. You know, they had went front and back and front and back and front and back and couldn't find the queen. So they went ahead and did a split. And when they did the split, they checked to make sure again that they didn't see the queen there and they installed a new queen into the split but left the big colony alone, assuming that the other queen was in there and then called me back up a couple days later and said, Hey, can you just come get them? Because they're so mean and they're still mean after doing the split and trying to knock down their numbers. So maybe could you come take that colony away? So I did hauled it out to the farm and put it out there where it's, you know, hopefully not going to come across anybody and cause any issues. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> then they ended up having a family uh, thing come up and they're going to be gone until like the end of July mm-hmm. and so wanted to know if I would just it. go ahead and come and take the nuke as well and just be done with it. And then they wouldn't have to worry about things because the nuke, even though they had requeened it was still just as irritated. And when they were checking to make sure the queen got out of the cage, the bees were pelting the windows of the house for hours afterwards. So <laughs> we I went out there. Live. We're going to come get you. <laughs> yeah. So I went out there and I picked that. Or, well, sorry. They brought that one to the house. They brought that one here. And then I loaded it up that day and took it out to the farm. But here's the catch. Here's the, the whole point of this whole story. This colony, the first one, is so mean that when I went out there, I drove up and backed up to where there's kind of a hill where I can back the truck up to. So when you open the mm-hmm. tailgate, it's only like a couple foot off the ground because of the slope mm-hmm. and got mm-hmm. the nuke out. And I was standing there, luckily, fully suited up. I did have the foresight as soon as I pulled in the gate to stop, get out and put on my suit before I ever went further into the property mm-hmm. and back the truck up there, get out of the truck. And I'm standing there holding the nuke and I'm looking around thinking, now, where do I want to put this? And immediately I have bees bouncing off of my hood and my veil. (laughs) And I was like, I haven't even done anything yet. I'm just standing here. I'm not near, like I was in front of a lot of the hives, but I was, I was still a good, you know, 10 foot or or more away from them. And I was like, well, I'm going to go between the queen tower 
which is that massive two queen system that I set up that has like eight boxes in mm-hmm. it. I'm going to go between it and this other hive that I just set down out here, which honestly needs to be on the very back of the property, but I couldn't get back there still mm-hmm. because of the, the non dry Creek bed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I walk between those two. And when I did, I went behind <laughs> the mean colony. I didn't go in front of it. I walked behind they it over to, you. oh yeah, they did over to a, <laughs> I had an empty spot, basically an empty pallet sitting out there with a, a top bar that doesn't have anything in it and it doesn't have legs. It's just sitting down on the pallet. And I set mm-hmm. the nuke box on top of that. And all of a sudden I was completely covered in bees. I couldn't even see out the veil. And I was trying to be able to see to open up the entrance for the nuke so that they could get out and fly. And when I finally got it popped open and I turned around to see where all these bees were coming from, thinking that it could have been the two queen tower that I I did walk directly in front of, it wasn't. It was the mean hive that I had just taken out there and they were just (laughs) flooding out the front and making a sharp curve and coming straight to me. And I did not walk in front of that colony. I didn't do anything (laughs) except walk behind it and I didn't bump it. I didn't touch it. I wasn't making any noise other than the footsteps in the grass. That's how irritable they are. Wow. They need to be, uh, they definitely need to be requeened and they need to be moved to the farthest back opposite corner of the property that I can get them on. Did you find a queen in them? I haven't even opened them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't done Uh, anything to them other than set them out there. If the queen's dead, did they put a, a, a new queen into there and they're still irritable? No, they put the new queen into the split. They didn't okay, ever they find the, the queen, queen in the, okay. in, yeah, they, they didn't they, ever find the queen in the other colony. So we don't know if they're queenless or not, Yeah, but, what I was but they are highly, and, and I know we're not supposed to use the word aggressive. They're defensive, but they're highly aggressive. That is meaner than hell. <laughs> yeah. They're meaner than hell. They're the daughters of Satan. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they are. And I understand that. Oh, I've got a colony and I'm going to have to move them. My wife done told me, uh, I sent you a picture of the top bar, you know, the two by top bar made out of two by material. Mm -hmm. And it's only across the top is only 14 inches. So it's, it's narrow across the top, but it's, uh, I mean, 30, 30, 30 bars long. I think what I made it. And, uh, with one little bitty spacer in there and I just, I was just setting it up over there and then and never got around to moving it to where I was going to put it up. Well, I had put a cone comb in there. Want to, uh, comb out of that old bee tree that we cut down and, and opened it up and found the queen and that old, that stuff that looks like it's petrified comb, put a piece of that on a, on a rescue for a top bar stuck that in there and I was going to pick it up, put it on trailer and take it over to Mike's never got around to it. Well, uh, earlier this week, I look out there and I said, damn, look at those bees. And there was, it was an abscond. And I, I know where it absconded from. It absconded from one of my, uh, boxes and, uh, opened it up. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, they moved into there. And so there was probably six pounds of bees, every bit of it in there. I haven't opened it up, uh, the the top bar. I haven't opened it up. I just made sure uh, 
you know, got it wide open and, uh, they're still there. I was out there just a minute ago and they just flying their little happy butts off going and getting stuff and bringing it in. Uh, I made sure when I set it up, I said, well, I'm just going to, I, I had mostly combs with the starter st- or, or bars with the starter strip in them. So I turned, there's probably 15 or better cone bars with the starter strip in them. And then some turned up where they're no, don't have a starter strip. Then they've got a, a comb in there on a rescue bar. So, uh, and I said, well, we'll check y'all in about two weeks. So we don't move you or make you mad. And my wife says, you're gonna have to take those bees and move them. But consequently, it's sitting right beside my trailer spot where I park all the trailers. And I says, you know, that's easy. I could pick that up, set it on that trailer and wouldn't have to move it, but about 15 feet, turn it lengthwise across the trailer. And then I don't have to drive, but maybe a quarter mile pulling it to Mike's and set it out there by the other top bars. And hopefully we'll do it on a cool morning when the comb is a little bit harder. Uh, so yeah, that's our plans right now. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I, I'm hoping everything's going to be good. I says, well, I'm not going to open it up for a couple of weeks just well, to make sure they move in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a top bar though, you don't want to give them too much time because they're going to be building comb like crazy. And mm-hmm. you only got one actual comb in there, which means even though you've got guides, it doesn't mean they're going to follow those guides and you have to check the top bar to make sure they're building the comb in the right line. Cause if not, mm-hmm. and you wait a month and you try to open it and they're going the wrong direction, you're going to have to cut mm-hmm. every bit of it out and redo it onto rescue bars. No oh, heck. Okay. So we need to open it up probably next week. Yeah. This coming week. Okay. Yeah. Like this if, they, week, uh, yeah. if they moved in like last week, I would give them seven days. Monday or Tuesday. Max. Monday or Tuesday this week. Yeah. And then open it up and go in there and see. And, and yeah, cause you're, you're going to want to make sure that they are again, building the comb straight. If they're building it straight and they're building it on the actual guide on the middle of the bar, then you're good. But if they've got any type of, of messed up curvature Cross. or they're going completely the wrong direction, you know, perpendicular mm-hmm. to where they should be, then you have to, you've have, you've got to fix it. And the only way to fix it is to cut that comb off, attach it to a new rescue bar so that it's going straight in line and then put it back into the colony. Okay. So what I got Tuesday will be a week. So I could, and Tuesday is supposed to be cold, cooler, cooler, not cold. We've got a norther coming in Monday night. That's coming Monday. Well, I guess today when this is coming out, we got that norther coming in. So tomorrow it's not supposed to get to 90 degrees down there when y'all are in Austin. So we're going to be in the eighties. So we could move that thing. Very first thing, Tuesday morning, open it up, put it back. And if they're straight, we're good. And if they're not, then we'll have cut them and, and then put it on queen exclude because I've got the big round plastic, uh, entrance like you, well, I think I got that one off of you and, uh, put it on queen exclude where they can go in and out. I've only got a three quarter inch hole going in there and they love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
tonight, Are Monday night into Tuesday morning. <laughs> Monday night into Tuesday morning is uh, it's going to be a low of 69 for Monday night and a mm-hmm. low of 73 for, for Tuesday night, Tuesday morning. So, and then Monday a high of only 85. So yeah, that's probably the only chance you're going to get because then it jumps mm-hmm. back up into the upper nineties. So yep. yep. Like, if you're going to move it, that that's uh that's probably the best time to try to do it. And if you're going to move it, you might as well just plan on putting it on the trailer and moving it and then open it up because you could run the risk yeah, of home breaking anyway. Yeah. And you're, yep. you're probably going to have to fix it. So have some rescue bars ready, move the hive, make sure that the hive is going long ways across the trailer mm-hmm. and not long ways yep. with the trailer. Yeah. So that the comb is, yeah. So the comb doesn't break when you're, when you're driving. Um, mm-hmm. It'll take you and Max both to pick up the hive, even if no bees yep. lived in it, cause you made it out of two yep. by and yep. then get it out there and get it moved. Once you get it moved and get it set down, then go through open it up and make sure the comb is straight and no comb has broken and fallen. If it has broken and fallen, picks it up, pick it up, put it on a rescue bar, call it good. Uh, don't yep. try to save any of the honey because it there could be, you know, fresh nectar in there and that comb is going to be super soft anyway. So putting it on a mm-hmm. rescue bar, only save empty comb or comb that has brood and larva, that's it. And yep. they'll hopefully have enough time to fix the rest of it. So I think it came from a swarm that we got from Kelvin last year. You know, I had the trailer hive at the crossroad. They they cratered on me. And I just said, well, we opened it up. And, uh, this is being robbed out. And I said, well, just leave it open and let it rob out. It's got a smell to it like rancid socks. And I started doing some search. What does foul American foul brood smell like? Well, American foul brood smells like death. It smells horrible. But you can't base it just on that after the colony is gone. Because mm-hmm. when the colony's gone and the hive beetle larvae move in and they start eating everything, mm-hmm. they smell like death. They have a very okay. foul, okay. nasty smell to them. So the only way that you can ever tell if something is truly American foul brood is you have to, to test the colony while the colony is alive. And you can do the rope test where you take like a toothpick or a small stick and you stick it down into the cell with some of the larvae. The larvae will look like they've turned into a, a brown, goopy mess down in there. And you mm-hmm. stick it in there and you spin it around and then you pull it out. And if it it's called the rope test, because if it strings and ropes and pulls out, then that's a good indication that they've got the American foul brood spores have been in there. Okay. Um, if it doesn't, you know, if you pull it out and there's like a drop on the stick and the rest stays inside mm-hmm. the, the cell, the cell, or it's all on the stick, like that's not, then that's not it. It could be something else. Yeah. It could be sack brood. Yeah. It could be, you know, any other thing, but American yeah. foul brood will reek but the bees will still be there and be dying. Now, if you let the colony crash and you come back later to try to look, it's really hard to say that because you could be like, oh, but there's perforated cappings and, you know, and, and, and it has a bad odor to it. Well, the perforated cappings could be from ants. It could be from the hive beetle larva because they're mm-hmm. in there chewing up and eating anything they can find in any of the brood and larva that were left behind. And the, the hive beetle larva will foul everything up and make it reek and stink after it has kind of died. Um, so, yeah, so it's you got to catch that one. You have to be yeah. doing your bee inspections and catch it. You know, hey, something's wrong with this colony. It's declining. Here's all the signs. And if you see all those things while the bees are present and there's no hive beetle larva in there fouling anything up, then you can make a better educated decision on that. Okay. Well, I, I noticed that... Uh, some a bunch most of our colonies that it, it's over there where that and died 
uh, they, uh, they're declining pretty bad. We're going to check for mites. I've got everything to do to take care of that. So we're checking for mites. Uh, I think Max is, is we're going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> if, unless he has to go do honeydew stuff. So I don't know. Then I guess I do it, but everything's good. Oh, I've got me a new suit. Uh, it's a guardian B apparel and I like it. The main thing is it's cool. It's a lot thinner. It's three layers, but it's cool. I mean, it, it, yeah, that's all I'll say. And I don't get stung. <laughs> My chin's a long ways away from it. The veil. That's good. Now I'll be curious yeah. to see if you get stung through the rest of the suit. Yeah. That's the only thing I had wondered about too. Yeah. If it's thinner and it doesn't, because the thinner. whole point of the other one being thick and having that thick waffle mm -hmm. layer in the middle is so that the bee stinger can't reach your body. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's three layers, but it just, I don't know. Well, I'll find out. So, yeah. But uh, I don't know more about, but that one bunch, I think, absconded out of that and went to the top bar. And uh, that's all I know. So, yeah. I don't know. We got to do a check, might check. We might make sure we didn't have a mite bomb. And the, the it had, I should have checked it, but. It had when we last time we opened it up, which was three or four weeks ago, the sugar water that was on top of it because it then I noticed it looked like it was going down. I said, Well, I'll feed them. I put sugar water up there and it soured on top. So I'm sitting there. They didn't even take it. So I'm sitting there. There's something matter with these bees. So we didn't get around to doing it again. And then they, when we opened it up, we couldn't find a queen and, and so, yeah, that's where we quit. And Max says, these bees are absconded. They're gone. I said, well, well, that's what it looks like. So, and I had a queen excluder on the bottom. So if a, the queen, she either died or laid, laid another queen or I don't know, it was just a lot of screw ups. So. Now I'm taking all the queen excluders off of everything, making sure when I had the uh, packages last year, uh, queen excluded the bottoms and, and now all of them are off. Even the two packages I got this year, they're off. They, they're doing fine by the way. And, uh, got Max picked up two colonies, two swarms this week. I've got two or three. Three. I got three swarms this week and hadn't made circles yet. I hadn't gone, went and looked at about 12 or 13 of my swarm traps out in the pasture. So may have a whole pile of bees where it's all said and done, but they're going to Mason. I think I'm just going to leave them wild feral and go to Mason. And like we talked about earlier, just raise the nicer Queens out of the feral colonies and requeen with those and see what happens. That sounds like a good plan. There you go. Natalie well, your, proud of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Natalie would be <laughs> proud of you, especially considering you got her name right that time. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we'll go through and uh, and wrap this one up for the week. Uh, that, that's kind of a good update for everybody out there on the, the comings and goings of things. So thank you for tuning in with us, and we will be back with you again next week. And we do have some exciting guests that are going to be joining us on the show here in July. So that will be fun to look forward to, but June's not over yet. 
we still got another another week. Let's see. So technically, uh, next week is also going to be your cooking segment. Yep. So I'm look forward sure for that, everybody. I've been playing with several different uh, recipes, and I don't know. I'm not sure which one I'm going to settle on yet. That's going to well, be that. It'll be a surprise for y'all. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, be a surprise. All right, everybody. Well, until then, everybody be good. Y'all be safe. Be happy. Be stay cool. It's damn hot out here in Texas. It decided to turn summertime. Oh, one day it was cool, nice. And then it decided summer's here. <laughs> and it did. Summer showed up with a vengeance. And it's swarmageddon time in Central Texas and Tile Valley, Lano County. So yeah. Y'all be good, family. It's time for our guys to buzz off. But don't fret. The Hive Jive journey continues with new episodes Mondays every month. Until then, you can follow along with the guys on Facebook and Instagram at The Hive Jive. Thanks for listening and be safe out there.